This week, how to plan the perfect road trip. Bonnie and Grant Sinclair, authors of the new USA RV Adventures from Moon Guides, join us to talk about it. Plus, some of the worst RV advice you've ever received. This is RV Miles. This spring, L.L. Bean wants to help you feel great out there with gear, tips, and advice for heading outdoors and exploring all the possibilities of the season. Here's a simple tip to help you stick to your goals for the new year. Take a walk outside. In one study, researchers found that just an hour spent walking in nature improved participants' attention spans and memory by 20%. If you're having trouble focusing, some time outside could be the answer. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. Welcome to episode number 271 of RV Miles. I'm Jason, and Abby has the week off. She is in Chicago with Henry at the moment, having some doctor's appointment fun and uh, she'll actually be back tonight so i'm going to pick them up late at the airport we're coming to you from i just had to if you're listening to this i want you to go over to the youtube channel and check it out the rv miles podcast youtube channel if you're watching you can see it we are in the smallest rv site we have ever been in luckily jamie and clay are next to us i can touch like wing to wing i can put my arms out and touch our rv and theirs it's about a six foot space between the two of us and it's over a hundred dollars a night that's what you get for camping like right downtown san francisco it's a real pain too because we were in such a great county park outside of the city and we got kicked out because there was a big storm coming through apparently and they decided to shut the campground down for two or three days turned out that storm was a big nothing burger and we got here and we just have been sitting here in drizzle for the last three days straight lots and lots of rain on top of that, some other issues that happened on our way here that I'll talk about in Fresh Tank, Black Tank later on. But first of all, I want to talk about some of the worst RV advice that you've ever received. I put a post up on Facebook about a week and a half ago asking for you to tell us what the worst things that people have told you about RVing have been, and you didn't disappoint. Justin says, terrible advice I got was when I first bought my first RV and I was relying on the sales guy to help figure and understand towing capacity. Come to find out, he didn't. So I ended up buying a truck that was too small for towing capacity and lost $2,000 after reselling it to then buy a larger truck. It's a thing that we hear time and time again. Please go to the RV Miles Facebook group and people will be happy to help you out figuring out the towing capacity of your truck if you don't understand it. Brandon says, RV kids don't make any friends and are deprived of their childhoods. Ain't that the truth? RV kids are great at making friends very quickly because they have to. New friends come into the campground all the time and they learn to make new friends really quickly. Ken says, Google Maps driving instructions in Albuquerque. Take this detour to save 10 minutes. Pothole, bent axle, thousands in repair costs, service says back on the road next week, and three and a half weeks later, we leave New Mexico. Three extra weeks in New Mexico was pretty cool. Thanks, Google. Caleb said that a dealer told him don't run the gas and electric water heater at the same time. I've seen a few people say something similar. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that to my knowledge. It allows the water heater to recover faster. Elena was told, don't get gap insurance. You won't need it. That's a lie. A hurricane pitched a branch through their RV and ruined it. They chose to keep it and pay it off what the insurance didn't cover. Worth it, but still, 
Absolutely. I always recommend gap insurance to everybody. You don't have to get the gap insurance that the dealer offers you. However, you can absolutely go third party with your gap insurance. You can get it from whoever you insure your RV with. It's probably the way to go. It might end up being much cheaper, but gap insurance pays off what you still owe on an RV if it gets totaled. You don't want to be in a situation where you owe much more than your RV is worth and it gets totaled for some reason and you don't have the ability to pay it off. Plus, gap insurance is like super dirt cheap. It's seven bucks a month. Lori says, buy a cheap stinky slinky. They are all the same. They are absolutely not. That's right, Lori. I have definitely seen the cheap ones leak much faster. And what happens often is the the fitting on the end of the hose comes off if it's a cheap fitting. And you definitely don't want that to happen. That's a recipe for disaster. Don says, go buy an RV. It's cheap fun. Anybody that owns one knows it's anything but cheap. It is a lot of fun, though. Golden Hour Travelers say, put fabric softener in your black tank so nothing sticks and it smells good. A lot of people do use that geo method, they call it, where part of the process is putting fabric softener, liquid fabric softener in your black tank, and they say it slickens everything up and keeps stuff from sticking to the sensors. I don't know if it really works or not, but a lot of people think it does. Clean Slate Dirty Tire said, you can't full-time in a Class C, told to them by a dealer. It's amazing what dealers will say, that, oh, you definitely need the biggest fifth wheel out there to full-time in. He was blown away that we've been at this life in our Class C for three years already. However, now that we know I'm the only driver, eventually I'd like to get a small Class A. I just want that basement storage. Ain't that the truth? Buy into one of the timeshare campgrounds because public campgrounds are overrun with meth labs and crime. Boy, this is another thing that dealers like to say a lot. People will say, I want an RV small enough to fit into national park campgrounds. And they'll say, oh, you don't want to camp in those places anyway. They're absolutely terrible. Our most favorite camping experiences have been in public campgrounds. We love national park campgrounds and state park campgrounds. And most of them are some of the best campgrounds we've ever stayed in. Rob says, dealer, you don't need an independent RV inspection. Our own techs will do an inspection. Dealer after inspection. It's a good thing you had that independence inspection done. That's another common thing dealers will do to you. If you go to them and say, I'm having a private inspector come out to look at this RV, they'll say, oh no, we do all that for you. Don't listen to that. Obviously, you don't want the person selling you the item to be the one that inspects it and tells you if it's good. Anthony says, dumping ice in the black tank cleans the sensors. There was a video on YouTube from the folks at the Fit RV. They do a mock-up of a black tank and stick it in the back of the truck and mock up the waste that goes into it and put some ice in it to see if that actually works. And they couldn't find any discernible difference. Katie said, don't go with young kids. And a lot of people making a similar comment where people were telling them to get an RV when they retire and not doing it when they have a young family. And a lot of people mentioning that somebody had told them at some time to leave the black tank open when they're parked at a campground and hooked up to sewer. Absolutely not true. You never want to leave your black tank open. You only want to dump it when it is getting close to full. You could check out all the answers in this post. I'll link to them in the show notes. And we got some other posts on the Facebook page as well that you might be interested in. And I hope you'll come and join the RV Miles Facebook group to get more questions and answers like this. On the show today, we have Bonnie and Grant Sinclair. They have a new road trip guide full of 25 different road trips out there for RVers. It is specific RV information. It's not just road trip information, but it's specifically for RVers, like campground information and all that. And they worked with Moon Guides, which is a decades-old company that is a well-respected travel guide creator. And I think you'll be really interested at some of the advice they have in this interview. We'll have that in just a moment. 
Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around, you'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes, a full line of weight distributing hitches, adjustable ball mounts, and a new line of fifth wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit blueox.com. This episode is supported by ParkWolf, the ultimate app for visiting U.S. national parks. With ParkWolf, you can view upcoming places and amenities as you drive through the park, locate the nearest gas, food, bathrooms, and pullover points. ParkWolf's wildlife maps show you the best times and places to see or avoid wildlife along with a feed of the latest wildlife sighting photos from the parks. ParkWolf even makes it possible for you to view your live location and direction on official park maps while staying up to date on current NPS alerts and advisories. ParkWolf keeps working even if you lose service. To learn more, download the ParkWolf app for iPhone free from the Apple App Store today. We are back, and my guests today are Bonnie and Grant Sinclair, who are the authors of a new travel guide, USA RV Adventures, by the famous Moon Guides. It's a guide full of 25 trips that you can take in an RV, from loop road trips to national park trips, delicious local flavors, all sorts of stuff, along with some expert advice and some great tips. Bonnie and Grant, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us on here. We're really excited to be. Where are you guys coming from right now? We are at our home in Woodstock, Georgia, which is metro Atlanta, north side of Atlanta. We are home waiting for our next adventure, basically. Let's start by uh, talking about your adventures. How long have you guys been RVing? What got you into it? All that sort of good stuff. We actually, I think our Facebook memories reminded us that we purchased our camper seven years ago yesterday or was that yesterday? Yeah. yeah that was yesterday. And, uh, we've been RVing for seven years. We had been traveling, road tripping, staying in hotels and tent camping before that. And it was just after an especially long stretch of sleeping on an air mattress. We finally said, that's enough of that. We're getting a real bed to camp in. And, and we wanted to be able to take our cat with us. So that was what prompted us into the RV world way back when. And what are you traveling now? We are now. <laughs> we we tow a 27-foot Keystone Passport Elite 23RB. So what made you think about writing about, about RVing and, and helping people figure out where to go? Once we started RVing, we also started blogging about our travels. And mm-hmm. we've been blogging since 2016 and talking about not exclusively RVing, but really about our travels throughout the country and the world with a hefty focus on the national parks. Yeah, I know, which is our favorite thing about this lifestyle as well, is being able to visit all the national parks out there and, and explore public lands. You In this book, you've put together sort of a list of routes. What's sort of the idea behind the book in terms of like, how did you come up with these routes and what what was the reason behind doing road trip routes instead of an all-encompassing RV book? I think we tend to use our RV, I guess just road trip in general, to see lots of different places and really explore the country. 
And we know that's in general a lot harder to do than just go to your local state park and set up camp and spend the weekend or a week and then go home. That's one campground, one movement, whereas a road trip is a lot more moving pieces. As And so we, we thought that guidebook style of having the kind of the step-by-step plan for people that are overwhelmed with the idea of taking a three-week road trip and staying in six or seven or eight different campgrounds, we wanted to do something to help him out with that. Which makes this book good for RVers as opposed to other road trip travelers. Obviously, anybody can do a road trip, but RVing is a is its own thing, right? Yeah. And aside from the obvious that we have campground recommendations instead of hotel recommendations, we made a point to go through every single route and look for for places that RVs can't go. Like, for example, on our East Coast routes, we avoid the parkways in New York State that don't allow RVs. We avoid the places in New Jersey that don't allow RVs and make notes about propane tanks and stuff like that for bridges and tunnels. Out West, we made a point to do some routings. For example, going through Colorado, We made a point to avoid driving over the million-dollar highway towing an RV because we know that would terrify some folks. We told them how to do it safely if they wanted to as well. Some people do. I would not. I know. Some people are crazy like that. But we also made a point to route around that. And just thinking about things like you can't necessarily just immediately swing in to wherever you're at and start doing things, right? If you're in a camper van, that's easy to stop somewhere. But if you're in a class A pulling a truck, a trailer or a, a car or whatever, sometimes stopping along the way is not always easy. So we made a point to, right, go to the campground, then go do this. Or this is something that you have to have a towed vehicle for versus can you do it in your camper? We really tried to Make it obvious as best we could say where you should or shouldn't drive your RV. And what you're not going to find in a lot of other guidebooks, we also have grocery stores listed because we know that we're going to be cooking. And for example, when on the best of the Dakotas route, if you're going to Medora, North Dakota, you better have stocked up along the way or stop in Dickinson, North Dakota, at the one grocery store there. Because when you get to Medora, there's not going to be much there. So describe for me the sort of layout of the book. What are people going to get when they open it up? Let's see. It does start with just the best of everything. So if you know you're looking for particular campgrounds or you want beaches versus wildlife. So there are some of that. And then it dives into all of the different routes. Each route has an overview. It has a map with it. It's got the summary of how many days, how what the distance is, what seasons are best. We talk a bit about just the weather along the route, the road conditions, if there's anything in terms of gas or services that you need to be aware of. And then it gets into the day-by-day, step-by-step, take this road to go here, do this, stop here. You know, what to do when you get to Death Valley or the Grand Canyon or whatever the stop might be, what hikes should you do, what scenic drives should you do, that kind of thing. And it goes through all of that. And then at the end, we have the grocery stores and campgrounds and any other information. Then in the back, there is, at the end of the book, there is a section on just kind of RV 
basics for the people who may not be seasoned RVers. It is not necessarily a book about that thing, how to do everything you do in your RV, but the things that you should know. Right. And we've included some advice for rentals. Make sure you know how to operate the sewer system. Make sure that they show you where all the shutoff valves are. Some of the basics that you know, for someone who's never driven an RV and they've gone and they've gotten one from one of the rental agencies, okay, they, these are the questions you need to be asking before you leave the lot. If you're to go through the, the sort of the list of these routes, pick one for me that is is one of your favorites and give me an idea of what it's like, what are some of the stops along the way and why you chose them. I'm going to let Bonnie answer for her favorite and then I'll answer for my favorite. Sure. You can't go wrong with our our Grand Loop that does all of the, not all of them, but a lot of the national parks of the West. I think just even though we live in the East, we love the Western part of the country and the national parks out there. That route, which is a loop that we do from... Starts in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, it starts in Las Vegas and then goes up all through, all the way up to Yellowstone and looping back around through Burn, California. Western California. Doesn't, I'm not looking at it, so I guess I shouldn't do that. <laughs> Make sure I'm remembering it right. But just it, it hits what to me are some of my favorite parks and just getting everything in there. And yeah, it just being such a long trip, I think it's a good one to really have that outline for that you can break into smaller chunks or you can do it as one big loop, whatever looks best. And then I will say that Probably my favorite of our routes is the best of the Dakotas starting in Rapid City as a loop through South Dakota and North Dakota, basically exploring the Black Hills, the Badlands, and up to Theodore Roosevelt National Park in Western North Dakota. One of the reasons, one, it's one of our favorite places to go, hands down. And that's where we spent the summer of 2020 was in the Black Hill. And folks would say to us, wait, you're going to go spend your summer in South Dakota? And we're like, yeah, it's amazing. And the, I remember speaking to a friend of my uncle's and he's, I just heard it's all flat and hot in the summer. And I'm like, no, really. Out Western South Dakota, North Dakota, those are beautiful places and I love them and can't wait to go back. And that was actually the first route we did for the book. We did that as a sample route when we were putting together our proposal. And yeah, we love that particular, that spot and that trip. We do too. It's so amazing when you drive West across South Dakota and it's these sweeping grasslands and then all of a sudden the bottom drops out and it's the badlands and it's like this all different landscape and then the black hills rise out of nowhere in the distance it's incredible uh, up in the dakotas people should certainly spend more time there yeah, especially north dakota a lot of people never visit north dakota north dakota they we, we went a few years ago and they had told us that they were they had a marketing campaign going on called save the best for last because yeah. they had heard that so many people visit it last in their quite to visit all 50 states and I think yeah. that's so amazing that people skip it because it's a great state in its own right. Yeah, agree. You have a range of, that's a great example. If you got a smaller road trip that's covering two states and then you've got bigger ones like all the Western national parks, 
what are some of your advice for people planning a road trip folks that have say they've got two weeks of vacation time they they're only able to do this type of thing once a year if 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 even that what kind of tips do you have for somebody that wants to pack a lot of stuff in and see a lot of the country Ooh. The first tip I would say is do your best to be flexible, but know that the campgrounds fill up quickly. And I would say just trying to find the right balance of fitting in as much as you can while also taking the time to experience as much as you can in each individual place, right? It's always a toss up of do I go see 10 different places and just skim the surface of all of them or do I pick three or four and really dive in? And the right answer is different for everybody that, you know, this is your one and only chance and it's one day of Yellowstone or nothing, take the day. But if you can spend a full week, then go for it. So I think just finding the right balance. And I will piggyback on that and just say that the it it really depends on what you want out of your vacation. If you want to get the highlights of the American West. Yes, you can spend a good bit of time on the road driving from site to site to site and getting through them like a ping pong ball and you'll see them all. But if you want to truly experience it, you got to slow down and take your time. And one of the the aspects about the book when we wrote in and how to use it, it was very much a, this is a guideline for taking this trip but feel free to add more days to it. Sure. Or to not do the whole thing either. You don't, we often right. see these road trip books that are like the whole Route 66 or the whole Oregon Trail, and you could still do those things without doing the whole thing. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. We've got one loop that goes from Key West all the way up to Acadia and the entire East Coast. And it's okay if you don't have that amount of time to do the whole thing pick whatever little segment you want and just do that part. Grant, you mentioned the campgrounds booking up fast. I'm curious to hear from you guys what your experience has been in this sort of boom in camping, for lack of a better term, that we've been going through over the past few years since COVID began and even before. There's a lot more people out there doing this, and we know that campgrounds are booking up more and more. How has stuff changed for you guys in your travel? It's funny you say that because I was actually, we're, I'm in the process of scheduling out our summer trips right now. We're planning on going up to Voyager's National Park up in northern Minnesota. And I was actually really struggling to find a campground for one in a particular area as we were passing through just as a an overnight. And this particular area of Minnesota, there's not a Walmart to overnight in. So it, it was really a struggle to find a campground just for that one night. That had availability. That had availability. Already. That said, last summer, we had planned to spend basically the entire summer in Yellowstone National Park. And then the flood hit. And yeah, we were supposed to get there like what two days after the flood happened. Oh. I mean, they were like halfway there when it. And so occurred. we improvised, adapted, and overcame, and managed to cobble together a great vacation 
in Utah, going to Dinosaur up in the northeastern part of Utah, and then Moab and Monument Valley, and then into Colorado to Mesa Verde. And we had a blast. And yeah, it may have taken a couple extra phone calls to make sure we got a campsite, but we were able to pull together. And we got, I think, our first choice of campground on all but one spot. Yeah. Yes, a lot of times you do need to plan in advance, but you also can sometimes pull things together at the last minute and you just have to yeah. have flexibility. So. Yeah, we, we just got back from Baja and it's the first time in years that we felt like it was, we didn't have reservations anywhere, primarily because you can't really make reservations anywhere. And there were a couple of places where we wish we were able to, but it, it's, the world is definitely changing. There's more people doing it. The campgrounds can't be built fast enough for sure. But yeah, there's still stuff available. And like, as long as people, as you say, can be flexible. And that's what's great about having a guidebook like yours is that you can look for a different spot to go to if something isn't working. (laughs) We were just, we were just talking about before we hit record here that we're rejiggering our route a a little bit here in California because all the flooding that's happening here. And I know that's a lot harder for people that do what we were talking about short. Here's by two weeks off, but I think that's one of the things that RVing affords us is the ability to a- adapt where maybe it's not as easy to be flexible with things like flight dates. Agreed. Exactly. That allowed us, not this past summer, but two summers ago to up and move when there was a wildfire that popped up right next to us in Crater Lake. And we're getting smoked out by this wildfire and then we're dry camping. So can't close the windows at night and the, yeah, that we, that flexibility was great. Yeah. So what's next for you guys? Where's your next adventure taking you? Our next RV adventure will probably will be this summer other than just maybe a quick weekend somewhere local. So this summer we are headed to Voyagers for sure. Second half of the summer. And we think up to new river gorge, kind of that Eastern area for June. Still putting the details on that. But. Full-time teacher, so that's how we're able to travel in the summers and all that. We have them off, but it also means that we have to, we're basically on the road when everybody else is. Yeah. Bonnie and Grant Sinclair, thank you so much for joining us. You can find them at wanderfilledlife.com. And of course, you can find the USA RV Adventures book with 25 epic routes at uh, moon.com. And we'll put a link to it and your social media in the description for this episode. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoyed talking with you. On every road trip, there are moments you wish could last forever. Your kids running into the ocean for the first time, that perfect campsite with views that amaze and surprise, a hike through Sarah's crack, moments you spend time planning and you wish would never end. But like all good adventures, they do. But you know what doesn't have to end? Your RoadPass Pro membership you used to plan that memory-making vacation. Grab your RoadPass Pro membership today and lock in the $49.99 price for life. Featuring some of our favorite trip planning sites like Campendium and Road Trippers and the Togo app for checklists, RoadPass Pro will help you create an amazing RV adventure. Save $10 off your first year with code RVMILES10X and lock in the renewal rate of $49.99 for life. 
RoadPass Pro is going up in the new year. So if you've been on the fence, now is the time to join and save. Just click the link in the description and use code RVMILES10X to save $10 off your first year of RoadPass Pro. There are dozens of RV tank treatments on the market, but what do they actually do other than just cover up the smell? Our friend Matt from Matt's RV Reviews on YouTube tested them all and wasn't happy. So he worked with the folks at Century Chemical to make his new awesome black tank treatment. It's called Liquefied RV Toilet Treatment, and it's the newest and best black tank chemical in the RV industry. It's called Liquefied because they use a special blend of enzymes that will break down your waste and toilet paper while it sits in your black tank for easy dumping, and all you notice is a soft scent of orange. You can get Liquefied RV Toilet Treatment exclusively on Amazon, and if you're a fan of Matt's RV reviews on YouTube, he only asks that you think of him, whether you're on the plastic or the porcelain. Again, it's Liquefied RV Black Tank Treatment. Learn more at liquefiedrv.com. All right, we're back and it is time to check the level of our tanks. But first, I want to thank Bonnie and Grant Sinclair for being here. I'll have all of their social media information in the show notes so you can follow them as well. Okay, in my black tank this week is a problem that we had with our Ford F-350. It's a 2021 F-350 with a 7.3 liter gasoline engine and we have had zero problems with it until now. We had already left Henry and Abby behind. They had flew to Chicago before we travel up here to San Francisco. And on the route into San Francisco, when you're just outside of town, you go through a tunnel and then you go down through a steep grade. And as I'm going down that grade, the engine braking kicks in, the RPMs are revving up to control the speed quite a bit. And all of a sudden when it was time to hit the gas again, the check engine light started flashing and the engine was sort of knocking pretty hard. And I got a notification actually from the Ford app on my phone saying that one of the cylinders was misfiring. So we got to the campground. It took us a while still to get to the campground, but I was driving with a misfiring cylinder through downtown San Francisco across the Golden Gate Bridge pulling a trailer. It was not fun. So we get to the campground and I do a bunch of research and I find out it's what I thought it was. It's, it's the only problem I know there to be really with this engine that people have been having. And that is that the spark plug wires tend to overheat because they're not protected very well from the exhaust ports on the engine and and they burn up and that and ford's actually gone through several redesigns of those spark plug wires and i had the sort of older version and needed to get newer ones so i called the ford dealership they were not going to be able to get me in for a month so i decided that i would do it myself and i ordered from them a full set of plug wires and they were able to have them to me the next day i just put them in today and it took me about 20 minutes it really wasn't that big of a job at all they're simply plug and play and it's fired right up perfectly and everything's running great but it was a scary thing not having abby with me um, and driving through san francisco and being on our own and all that sort of stuff. My fresh tank this week though is public libraries. It's been a long time since we've actually gone to a public library. We forgot that we used to go to them all the time. Now that we have better internet connection, we don't really go as often. But when we were camping deep in the Redwoods in Santa Cruz, we weren't getting very good cell signal. The Starlink wasn't going to work because there was no view of the sky. So Jack, Ethan, and I went to a library and we had the greatest time. They had lightning fast internet. 
Everyone there is so helpful. They had a teen area for the kids to go hang out in. The local pizza restaurant actually just brought pizza by for no apparent reason, just to share with the community. There were lots of people there doing their taxes and just getting some internet to work with. There was lots of power out in the area. So I think a lot of people were there just getting some power as well. There's always lots of places to plug your phone and your computer in at a library. Libraries are just such a great resource for travelers. And you can actually talk to the librarians too. And they're usually full of great information about like where are the off the beaten path sorts of places to visit in the area, where are the great restaurants to go to. They're not only a fantastic resource for finding books, but for learning about what to do in the area. Plus, libraries often have like events that are happening. They often have lectures about the local community. So we're going to definitely start hitting up libraries more and more, especially now that we're in this smaller RV. We have a little bit less room inside for working. It's nice to go to a library, have tables and be able to spread out and everybody can do their schoolwork or their adult work all at the same time. So libraries are my fresh tank this week. That's it for this week's episode of the RV miles podcast again thank you bonnie and grant sinclair for being here and we'll be back again in just a few days with abby on the podcast this time maybe we'll be standing here in this six foot space between two rvs who knows but make sure to follow us on all the social media channels if you're shopping on amazon take us with you go to amazon.com slash shop slash rv miles and we get a little kickback for some of the things that you buy whether they're rv related or not so until next week i hope you're all healthy and safe and keep logging those rv miles bye everybody